Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And, of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Over well, I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the Steelers. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. When the game is tied at the end of regulation, it goes to overtime, and that is what we are here for, to talk about all the great sports that do not get recognized as much on Sports Power Talk. Today we have the wonderful UFC crew with someone I'm glad to call my friend, Mr. Jake Murren, and we are talking about an exciting UFC 274 pay-per-view, ready to give you a good breakdown, analysis, and picks for this fun card in Phoenix. UFC 274 will feature two title bouts and some exciting fights as well, but... Before we get to that, Jake and I both went 2-2 two and two. on the last card. We picked every fight the same, and I have a feeling that's not going to be the case today. Yeah, that we did 2-2 two and two last show. I have some ground to make up. I went with some flyers for UFC 274. Hopefully, I'm going to make up some ground and then some, and perhaps even take the lead. We'll see. We shall see. But before we get to our picks for UFC 274... We thought it would be fun to talk about our top five pound-for-pound fighters in the UFC. We're almost halfway through the year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Seeing a lot of fights this year. So, Jake, I want to ask you, who are your top five pound-for-pound fighters right now in the UFC? Yeah, I'll start at number one. Obviously, the number one pound-for-pound guy in the UFC right now is the welterweight champ, Kamaru Usman. He's 20-1 and one on an 18-fight win streak. He broke, he broke a GSP's record-setting winning streak in the welterweight division, and the, I honestly think he could move up a division and potentially even be Israel Adesanya, but I know they're friends, so um, I know that's not a possibility. But his nine wins by KO with four title defenses over guys like Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal twice, and Colby Covington, everything that Kamaru Usman has done is impressive and even more impressive that he's been doing it in the welterweight division that is absolutely stacked right now. Yeah, that's not a bad take, and I feel that to most of the general population of UFC fans, Kamara Usman is the number one like everybody pound-for-pound pound fighter in the UFC. Uh, even UFC's website has Kamara Usman at number one for pound-for-pound. Pound. I, however, after watching UFC 273, think right now in the UFC it's got to be Alexander Volkanovsky. He what he was able to do and what he's been able to do right now uh in the featherweight division which is also a very tough and fun up and coming uh weight class in the UFC is pretty crazy. And this is another one of those guys that like you mentioned could move up a weight class and we might see him do something else. So I know I'm not I'm not saying this is the general pick for everybody. I know this is an outlier pick, but I genuinely do believe in my heart of hearts that Alexander Volkanovsky is the number one pound, pound fighter 
which means Kamara Usman is my second pound-for-pound fighter. Jake, who would you say your second is right now? Yeah, maybe some recency bias there with the last pay-per-view, Alexander Volkanovsky, but he is that dude, and that's why Alexander the Great is my number two pound-for-pound guy. He's 24-1 and on a 22-fight win streak with 12 wins by KO. Absolutely insane. He's unbeaten in his 11 trips to a UFC octagon and has taken the featherweight division by storm. You look at the guys he's beaten. He's beaten Max Holloway twice, Brian Ortega in 2021, which was my fight of the year last year, and completely outclassed the Korean Zombie in his last outing where he looked like the best fighter on the planet. And you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but my bold prediction is that he will move up to lightweight and will Mm. join the likes of Conor McGregor, of Daniel Cormier, and of Henry Cejudo and be a double champ. I don't know if it's Justin Gaethje. I don't know if it's Charles Oliveira. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I think Alexander the Great can beat either one of them. Yeah, that's it. That, I mean, that's great pick. I love Alexander Volkanovsky there. So we move to the third, and it's got to be my boy. Your boy. My favorite fighter in the UFC. The best champion in the UFC right now, Israel Adesanya. He is absolutely incredible. I, I don't have to even, I feel like I don't have to say anything about this pick. He's beaten everybody in the middleweight. There's nobody that this guy can't, um, there's nobody that can beat him in his weight class right now. And I think we all kind of know that. And it kind of does make for sort of a boring middleweight right now, in my opinion, because like we talked about on the last podcast uh, that Israel Adesanya fought in, uh, Michael mentioned, you know, who who is going to be the person that can beat Israel Adesanya? I yeah. I genuinely do not know who that person is. Does Kamara Usman bump up fight his friend? I don't know, but uh, I gotta pick Izzy here. Who do you got? Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. Kamara Usman even eyeing guys like Canelo and boxing sure. for that big money fight. Right. But number three, I completely agree with you. Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. Um, he's twenty two and one, fifteen wins by KO with four title defenses. I think the decision lost to Jan Blahovich moving up to light heavyweight hurt his stock, um, especially after Jan lost to Glover Teixeira in a terrible outing. But that can't hurt his stock too much because he is that middleweight king. He lands 50% of his strikes and is simply a master at freestyle fighting and kickboxing. And I think Robert Whitaker is the best middleweight out there, except for Adesanya, which I agree with you. You know, it makes for a tough middleweight division when you have a guy so dominant sitting at the top of it. Um, obviously has that next test coming up in Jared Cannonier, so we'll see if that poses a threat. But honestly, I could see that fight going down like the Adesanya versus Costa fight, a big power guy just being completely outclassed by Adesanya's range and striking ability. Yeah, I, I agree. It's very difficult right now for that weight class. Um, anybody that gets in Israel Adesanya's way right now, it just seems he is unstoppable. So we move to our fourth pick. And mine, it's, I mean, I have Francis Naganu. Okay. It's it's weird because what is Francis Naganu in the UFC right now? I don't know. I don't know if Dana White knows. I don't know if Francis Naganu knows. He's the heavyweight champ, but, you know, does he stay? Does he go box? I'm not sure. But as of right now, he is in the UFC. He is the champion. And he's not even my favorite heavyweight. He's probably, like, personally... But what he's able to do, his knockout power versus anybody's in cra- crazy. And not only that, he's proved himself in his last fight that he is a technical 
fighter and a technical heavyweight, which no one expected. And a wrestler. Yeah. Even it, with his torn it, ACL, MCL. Right. Yeah. It, it's very, very impressive what he's able to do at heavyweight. Uh, like I said, he's not my favorite heavyweight, but I do think he is number four pound for pound. Jake, who do you have? So first of all, Stipe Miocic should be your favorite heavyweight right now. He's a Cleveland guy. He's my favorite heavyweight. Um, I know you like Taito Ivasa, though, too, and you can't go wrong with Shiro Yeah, Taito Ivasa is my favorite. Reportedly fighting Cyril Gaon, I saw. We'll see if that I don't goes like down. That. I don't like that I fight. I hate that fight for Taito It's not going to be good. I don't like that fight. But, yeah, number four, pound for pound. This is going to be where it kind of gets interesting here between us. Um, number four, I thought about Naganu, but, honestly, I didn't give Naganu any spot in my top five because wow. I don't know Naganu's future in the UFC. I could easily see a future where Naganu does not step in an octagon again. Mm-hmm. His passion growing up was boxing. And then he found an MMA gym through his journey as a kid, getting out of Cameroon and all that. Um, so, yeah, he, his original plan was to box. And now he has this big, big money fight against Tyson Fury in the works, potentially. I think that's the way to go. Whether the UFC steps in and co-promotes that, we'll see. I don't know if Dana White's really willing to do that. So that's kind of why I have Naganu out of my list. I respect his ability, his power, even the wrestling that we saw against Cyril Gaon in his last fight. But number four, it's time to put some respect on Charles Oliveira. Um, 32 and eight record, 20 wins by submission with a record for submissions in the UFC. We're going to talk about him a lot, so I will hold off until then. But his striking is there, his submission ability is there, and the time is now for Dubronx Oliveira. He better be your number five pick. So yeah, UFC's website uh, for pound for pound top rank has Charles Oliveira at five behind um, Naganu. Francis Naganu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, I don't hate the Charles Oliveira pick. He's very, very, very good. However, Jake, oh, no, no, no. I did put a certain Max Holloway at my five spot. The disrespect to Charles Oliveira. No, 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 no disrespect. Max Holloway, uh, he's got to be uh, that guy in the featherweight. You know, I talk about Alexander Volkanovsky who I think is the number one pound-for-pound fighter, who's the closest guy to beat him, Max Holloway, in my opinion. So just because of that, I'm going to put Max Holloway at number five. Yeah, we could see that trilogy fight coming up. I'd love to. I don't know. What do you think the UFC should do? Should they do that trilogy, or do you think Max Holloway gets a different fight in the division and that allows Volkanovski to maybe move up? I want to see the trilogy. I think that Max Holloway deserves it. And yeah. I mean, not. it was originally supposed to happen yeah. instead of zombie. So yeah. we'll see if it happens. I really like Volkanovski right now. And I think a move up to lightweight makes a whole lot of sense for him. Number five, though, I have Max blessed Holloway. Um, you mentioned him. He is the closest man to beat Alexander Volkanovski. My number two pound for pound guy. You're number one. Um, but Holloway, he's 23 and six. He's beaten so many guys, including Charles Oliveira. Um, I know Charles Oliveira is a completely different guy right now, but still impressive nonetheless. Um, He's beaten Frankie Edgar, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo twice. And this man is widely known as the best boxer in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Max Bless Holloway rounding out my list of my top five pound for pound guys. Yeah, so that's not a bad list. We really weren't too different. 
Yeah, I had Usman, Volkanovski, Adesanya, Oliveira, Holloway. I have Alexander Volkanovski at number one, Kamara Usman, Israel Adesanya, Francis Naganu, and Max Holloway. Right now, mid-year, almost mid-year in the UFC. That is our top five pound-for-pound fighters. But now it is time to get in to the meat of the UFC 274 pay-per-view. A card that, Jake, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't very excited for at first. Looking at it on paper, I was like, eh, you know, some of these guys are old. Yeah. Uh, What's going on here? But after doing some research for this card, I'm very, very excited um, for UFC 274. And I think it has potential to be the best card this year. Interesting. So, yeah, let's kick it off. We have the first fight, a lightweight bout versus Daniel, or whoa, <laughs> Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lazone at lightweight. Uh, I'm just going to kick it straight over to you, Jake. Who do you have in this fight? Yeah, so talking about the excitement of this card, nothing about this Cerrone and Lozon fight gets me excited, unfortunately. Really, breaking down this card, it's the top three fights that really get me going. The first two fights on the main card, I think they could be good prelim fights, and there are good fights on the prelims that I think could be bumped up to the main card, Um, but we'll see exactly how they format it. But starting off with Cerrone and Lozon, so Cerrone... He's known as a legend in the sport. He's 36-16 and 16 with two no contests. His last fight, though, a first-round KO loss to Alex Morono on May 8th of last year. So he's had some time off, and that was a pretty rough loss to Morono as well. He's 0-5 with one no contest in his past six fights with three losses via first-round TKO. So really rough stretch for Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He does land 4.43 strikes per minute, though, so that's pretty impressive. On the Lozon side, though, he's 28-16. and 16. Last fight was actually a first-round KO win over Jonathan Pierce, who's been looking great as of late. But that fight was in October of 2019, so it's been a while since we've seen Lozon in a UFC cage. Uh, 63% of Lozon's wins are by submission. I'm kind of uh, concerned about how many strikes he, absor- he absorbs per minute and how many he strikes he dishes out per minute. Um, pretty big discrepancy there. But he only has had consecutive victories one time since 2012. So both guys are inconsistent. Both guys are on the latter part of their career. And both guys, I'm just not sure who to pick between. But as I said at the top, I need to make up some ground. I'm going Joe Lozon. I think it's completely possible. Cerrone starts out a bit slower and then makes adjustments in the later rounds. Lozon, he's known to get those first round KOs. He got one in his last fight against Jonathan Pierce, like I said. So I'm going to go Lozon, partly to make up ground, but partly because I just think Donald Cowboy Cerrone, his time in the UFC might be coming to an end. This fight might be a retirement fight for him. Um, We'll see what happens there, but I do like Lozon here at lightweight. I mean, I even think this could be a retirement fight for both guys. Even looking at Lozon, he's been in the UFC since 2006. I'm pretty sure I was like, four or five in 2006 that's yeah. that's why i was i was five yeah so yeah. he's been in the ufc for quite a bit uh and i mean as you see as a ufc fan the older these guys get it's just very tough on their bodies it's a tough sport so i mean you're looking at two aged out fighters that you know this fight does not matter at all to the lightweight division which i 100 percent agree 
you can move it to a prelim fight because it, it's not going to affect a single thing. But I think that's what makes it fun is you're watching these two old guys, these fan favorites, um, especially in Cowboy, just fight each other. And I think you had a great breakdown, and it's very hard for me to pick. Like you did say, uh, Cowboy does kind of start off slower and then gradually picks up his flow and gets a little better throughout a fight. And I just I just think that's going to happen. Lozone's been out of UFC for quite a time now. Uh, and I do think he might have some ring rust. So I am going to pick Cowboy. <laughs> I, I wrote down by decision. But saying that out loud, I just... You watch these older guys and they get submitted and they get knocked out so much easier. So on the spot, I think I'm going to change my pick to by knockout. I don't know if I gave my prediction for that, but Lozon, I'm going to say either by early KO, maybe in that first round because of how slow Cerrone starts, but I'm going to go Lozon by decision just to play it safe. Yeah, so there you go. We're already disagreeing to begin with. Already disagreeing? I got to make up some ground. Already different from our last podcast where we did agree on every single fight. There's already some disagreement. So let's get right back to the light heavyweight division. We have a fight between Mauricio Shogun Rua versus Ovin St. Preux. Who do you have at light heavyweight, Jake? So doing my research on this fight, I didn't realize that these guys had fought before. Um, that one kind of shocked me. Uh, Rua has avoided consecutive losses since his first KO loss to St. Peru in their first meeting eight years ago at UFC Fight Night 56. But that was eight years ago, so a completely different landscape right now, especially for both fighters. And Shogun Rua, I know he's known as a legend a legend in the game. I'm personally not too familiar with him. Um, his last fight was a round two KO loss to Paul Craig. Some people would say Craig. He's he's Scottish, so I got to go Craig um, at UFC 255. <laughs> Um, he has 21 wins by KO, so that's pretty impressive, but we'll see how he holds up at this stage of his career. For St. Preux, though, he's 25-16, and 16, last fight a round 2 KO loss to Tanner Bozer. 12 wins by KO, 8 wins by sub, only 3 wins in his past 9 fights. Another fight that just doesn't get me excited. Both guys are questionable right now, both later on into their career. St. Preux is a minus 240 favorite. And just to get some value out of this, and again, to make up some ground, I'm going to go with Shogun Rua. I think the only reason he's motivated by this fight is because he got knocked out by OSP eight years ago. And I think that's why he's taking this fight, just to get that vengeance, get that loss back, and uh, maybe walk out on this win. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, I, like you, did not know much about Rua going into this fight. So I looked up a couple fights and some highlight tapes to watch him see how he was as a fighter. And let me tell you right now, guys, this is one of the most violent and vicious fighters I've ever watched on a highlight tape. This guy earlier in his career was just a violent dude. You know, a lot of these guys, they fight, have a lot of respect for each other. They do it for the sport. Mauricio Shogun Rua does not look like that guy when he fights, he looks like yeah. he's going out there for vengeance. However, he's old, um, and he isn't that same early uh, Shogun Rua. I think he is. And OSP's also not necessarily the youngest. However, I do think he is a little more younger. I think he probably strikes harder, and he might be the more talented guy 
right now. And this is a very hard pick for me because, I mean, these guys are another set of guys that aren't going to affect the light heavyweight uh, division. They're just kind of fighting the fight. And they're kind of the same person. So it's pretty difficult for me, but I am going to take OSP, and I think it'll be by a second-round knockout. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. Honestly, we're making these picks on Monday, and when we get to the weigh-ins and the media and everything this weekend, I want to see how Rua looks and see if we have that Shogun from the past and see what really motivates him for this fight. I'm hoping that that knockout from OSP eight years ago gets him motivated for it. And this isn't one of those fights where we ask, why is this guy even fighting at this stage in his career? So I'm kind of just betting on Rua to be motivated and to get it done on Saturday night. Yeah, and we we shall see. So another disagreement. I'm making up ground. Um, Your uh, draft book is going to be closed. Oh. Mine is going to start opening. Guys, the Alexander Sports betting book, it's right here. I mean, you're listening to it live, the audio version. So you definitely want to go with my picks. But this next fight, I don't know if our picks will be too different, but we shall see. It's Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson at lightweight. Jake, who do you have going into this fight? Yeah, second of three lightweight fights on this card. Everybody's kind of correlated in a way, but Michael Chandler, minus 410. I think that line could have been even more exaggerated towards Chandler's way, but I am picking Michael iron Chandler here to beat Tony Ferguson and the big thing with Tony Ferguson everybody talks about his 12 fight win streak that was absolutely insane but all that got him was the interim lightweight title before going on his current three fight losing streak including losses to Benil Dariush, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje Um, all great opponents but at this stage of his career I don't know what is left for Tony Ferguson I've also heard a lot of rumblings from his camp and he might be one of those guys that he dictates what his camp is and not his coaches. His coaches might be some yes-men. I know he's changed some coaches in the past as well, so that'll be interesting to see. Five of his nine wins, um, five of his past nine wins, excuse me, have come via sub, though. He is a great striker, so we'll see if he can um, use that to his advantage. But for Michael Chandler, since he came to the UFC from Bellator, this man has gotten into, into some ab- absolute wars Um, Nothing but entertaining fights by knocking out Dan Hooker and even in defeat against Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. And I think he needs to go back to his dominating ways that we saw in Bellator where he won the lightweight title three times. And Chandler, I know he's a brawl guy. I know he likes to go out there and throw hands and go into some heavy exchanges. But if you're Chandler, I think you slow it down. You fight methodically and maybe even incorporate some of your wrestling as well. He's a good wrestler and really bring the fight to Tony Ferguson without getting into a brawl like he did against Justin Gaethje, which many people thought was last year's fight of the year. So I do like Chandler here, but I want him to be a great mixed martial artist and not a great fighter and brawler per se. What would your um what would your pick be on that Chandler by? So Tony Ferguson is very durable. We've seen that in the UFC. I wanted to originally say Michael Chandler by KO. But I like Chandler just by decision. I think Ferguson is going to be able to draw drawn out this fight. He's going to get hit up a lot, but I think he's got what it takes to at least get to a decision, but he will lose to Michael Chandler. Yeah, I agree with the pick, and I agree with what you were saying. Chandler, is a, he's a great wrestler, but he's proved that he's like also a good striker. Uh, and Tony Ferguson, that 12-win streak, 
Very impressive. A lot of submissions and TKOs in there. Uh, he also had 104 strikes um, against Donald Cerrone uh, and 115 versus Anthony Pettis in fights that didn't make the third round, which is kind of impressive because a lot of fights might just end with that many strikes in a five-round fight. So very, very impressive striker. I just think everything Tony Ferguson does, Michael Chandler does better. Um, and like you said, Chandler's always ready to go to war. Does he go to war with Tony Ferguson? I don't know because I, unlike you, don't think that he has to be technical to win because I think he likes kind of the chaos that he can have in a fight. But it has proven him to lose as well. Yeah, I think the chaos favors Ferguson, if anything. Sure. So it's very difficult because we've seen Michael Chandler compete great when there is chaos, um, even though losing. But I don't, I don't know if he wants. I don't know how he should take this fight. I have Chandler by knockout in the second or third round. Uh, this should be an exciting fight, and it's a fight that we both agree on. Uh, so now we do. We'll see how many of those we have uh, left. As we head to the co-main. But now we go to the co-main, a women's straw weight championship bout between Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza. Who do you have, Jake? I have the champion Thug Rose Namajunas defending her belt against Carla Cookie Monster Esparza. I didn't realize that was her nickname. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's a cool nickname. It's a cool nickname. Getting into some of the stats, though, Nam Yunus is 12-4. and four. Last fight was that split decision win over Zhang Wei Li. She's on a three-fight winning streak against Jessica Andrade and Wei Li. She trains under my 2021 Coach of the Year, Trevor Whitman, which I think is really important for her. She has a four-inch reach height or four-inch height advantage and a two-inch reach advantage in this fight as well. And she has a 51% takedown defense, which if you look at Carla Esparza, She's known for her wrestling. She has a 37% takedown accuracy. And I think that's really where this fight is going to be decided. If Carla Esparza can take down Rose Namajunas, then I think Esparza might be able to grind out a decision win. But I'm going to take Rose Namajunas here to win by decision. I think Namajunas has, has improved a lot. She's champion again. And this is the second meeting between these two women in the first one. Just didn't really show exactly the Rose Nami Yunus that we have seen today. Both women have evolved, and I like Nami Yunus more here in this fight. Yeah, Rose is really good everywhere. She has good striking, good wrestling, good BJJ. Um, beats a lot of people in the division. Uh, but then looking at Carla, she's a great wrestler. She has had 42 takedowns in 13 fights. It's a crazy statistic, and I definitely think it kind of tells you what her game plan is going into this fight. Uh, you know, she likes to shoot her double legs, uh, especially under a jab, which I think she'll have a good chance against Rose when she is striking. The thing is, Carla struggles to keep top pressure. You know, I'm, I talk about that statistic, 42 takedowns in 13 fights. Well, you only get that statistic by not being able to maintain top pressure. You're only getting so many takedowns because you take your opponent down and they're getting up and you take him down again. Right. So, with that being said, I don't think Carla could hang uh, striking-wise with Rose. Uh, so, I do think she needs to keep a good wrestling pace to win. 
and I think she will. You think Carla will win? I think if she, even if she isn't able to maintain her top position in this fight, I, I just think if she can get enough takedowns and show, because recently in the UFC, how these judges have been um, scoring fights as of late is they're really taking into consideration takedowns and control time more now than ever uh, as since I've been a UFC fan. And I think it's important, uh, and I do think you should get scored for it better. So I think Carla does have a good chance to maybe pull this out by a decision win. So I think if she tries to stay wrestling uh, as far as it gets to win by decision. I don't hate the pick. 10 of Esparza's last 13 fights have gone to a decision. Regardless of which way this fight goes, I think it's going to go to the scorecards here. And if you look at Esparza's last fight too, second round TKO over Yan Zhaonan, which was a great appearance for her. She landed three takedowns and 170 strikes in a fight that was ended halfway into the second round. So impressive numbers there. I just think that Thug Rose here is going to get it done. Against Esparza, might be a little biased because I do like Thug Rose Namajunas a lot. But like I said, under Trevor Whitman, she's improved a lot. She has submissions too. So if Carla Esparza takes her down, Rose Namajunas could throw a submission there. But I do like Namajunas by decision. I just think her striking is too good. And she might be able to defend some of those takedowns from Esparza as well. Sure. Um, you can always defend a takedown, obviously. And I just... I don't really necessarily think I'm confident with my pick uh, to people, you know, that's betting on my sports betting book. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to side with me here. However, I think Carla has what it takes to get it done. And I just think Saturday she might be able to do it. And obviously, like you mentioned earlier, weigh-ins are very important looking right. at how the fighter looks. So I definitely want to see how Rose and Carla look going into this fight. And that's our third disagreement here. And if you're making a bet on that, I would do just a fight to go to a decision. Yeah, 100%. Like, hedge your bets. Um, don't vote on Nami Yunus or Esparza particularly, um, but just make the fight, go to decision, and go from there. But yeah. yeah, third disagreement, and I, we might have a fourth go into the main event. It's time to, for your boy to make up some ground here. So, coming to our main event for the lightweight title, we have Charles Oliveira versus the Justin Gaethje. Who do you have, Jake? I mentioned Charles Oliveira at the top, my number four pound-for-pound guy. He, I don't know. Was he in your number five? Was he in your top five? No. He, you put Max Holloway in there. I'd put, him, I'd put him at six. At six. That's it's not right. Charles Oliveira is that dude. 32-8 and eight with one no contest. His last fight was a round three submission win over Dustin Poirier, and I picked Poirier to win that fight, I believe by KO. He landed 73 significant strikes with heavy ground control in that fight against Poirier. He looked completely dominant, and he's on a 10-fight winning streak and has 20 wins by submission. Like I said, 15 in the UFC, which is a record in the entire Undisputed Fighting Championship. Three of his, fast, three of his past five wins have come via KO or TKO. He's a great grappler, great at getting those submissions, but he's also showed improvements in his striking game as well. That third-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu always sticks out for Dubronx Oliveira as well. On the Ga Justin Gaethje side, the highlight, that's his nickname, and that's a good nickname for him. Always putting up highlights. Decision win over Michael Chandler at UFC 268 in one of the best fights of 2021. 19 wins by KO with a 60% striking accuracy. 
in his career. 73% takedown defense, which I think is something to look out for in this fight. And he's claimed fight of the night or performance of the night bonuses in eight of his nine fights in the UFC. Also trains under Trevor Whitman like Rose Namajunas does. This fight will go down like his loss against Habib, though, in my opinion, where he had nothing Mm. to give the GOAT after being submitted easily in the second round. If you watch that fight back, Justin Gaethje just was not the highlight that night. Habib, I know it's it's easy to say that when it was Habib Nurmagomedov on the other side of the octagon, but Habib took him down, easily got the submission in round two, and beat Gaethje to his retirement. I think the same goes here. I think Charles Oliveira is going to be able to take down Justin Gaethje. It might take a couple attempts. It might get into the second, third round for this to happen, but I think Charles Oliveira might be better at jiu-jitsu and might be better at submissions than Habib Nurmagomedov. I think Oliveira mm. gets a neck, gets something, and it taps out the highlight. Interesting, interesting. Jake, you like to do this thing where, you know, if I if I say something against one of these top fighters in the UFC, it's instantly disrespectful. I'm no, no, no. I'm disrespecting you, the fighter. You did very <laughs> disrespect uh Robert Whitaker, I think last time or two times ago. But Maybe, maybe so, but I do not want that to be the case with Charles Oliveira. I'm not necessarily disrespecting him. I think he's the most well-rounded guy in the UFC. Would you Would you agree with that take? One of the most well-rounded fighters in the UFC? I'd say one of the most, yeah. I mean, I genuinely think that he averages two takedowns every 15 minutes, always looking for those submissions, like you mentioned, has the submission record. He's a great fighter. He's proved what he has to. He's the champion for a reason. Justin Gaethje, he's just a guy that's a college wrestler, but he doesn't really use his wrestling background. He actually has zero takedowns in the UFC, which I thought was quite a crazy stat, especially coming from a guy that uh, is rooted in wrestling. But if you've watched any of his fights, he's just chaos. And he's not necessarily a power striker. He's a volume striker. He's throwing lots of strikes more than little strikes that are very significant. And he's also proven that he has a strong chin now. It's very hard to knock out Justin Gaethje. And for that reason, I think we're really looking at a fight that comes down to technical versus volume. Is... Charles Oliveira going to be able to take down Justin Gaethje because these standing submissions are, are very hard to get. If there's anybody that's going to get a standing submission, it probably is Charles Oliveira. Mm-hmm. But against somebody that is rooted in wrestling, that is going to be a very difficult challenge to him. And I just don't like this fight for Charles Oliveira. I don't think Justin Gaethje is the opponent that he wants. He's he's pure chaos. He's a volume striker that's rooted in wrestling. And I think he's going to take the championship home on Saturday night. I mean, I just think if Oliveira goes for these these um these shots, I gonna I know he has a great sprawl. Uh Justin Gaethje has a good sprawl. And I just think it's gonna be so hard if Gaethje's able to stay in his face with these volume fights or volume strikes. So I have Gaethje by late round knockout. Okay. Uh, 
I mean, I don't hate the pick because we've seen Oliveira rock to the past. You know, that Michael Chandler fight where Oliveira won the undisputed lightweight title. He did get rocked by Chandler. And we saw what Gaethje did to Chandler in his most recent fight. And I think we're kind of discussing the two ways you can view this fight. One, either Charles Oliveira wins by being able to take down Gaethje and get a submission. Or two, Justin Gaethje makes this fight chaos, brings the fight to Oliveira and wins potentially by a late round KO. And I could see that happening, but I think Oliveira is going to tame the highlight, tame the chaos, not let this fight go Gaethje's way, kind of like he did against Dustin Poirier. And just like Khabib did against Justin Gaethje, I'd like Charles Oliveira to tame the beast and to tame the chaos and win this fight. Do you have a um, a way that uh, Oliveira is going to win? Yeah, I think he's going to win by submission, and I'll take it round three. I just think it's going to be wow. exactly like that Dustin Poirier fight. It's going to be like the Dustin Poirier fight, and it's going to be like that Habib versus Gaethje fight. Here's why it won't be like the Dustin Poirier fight. Dustin Poirier is one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. However, he is a very technical striker, in my opinion. Justin Gaethje is not. Justin Gaethje is like the end of Scarface, where Tony Montana's coked out, and he's getting shot a million times, and he just keeps coming forward. He he might as well be if you know if there's Korean zombie, they might as well call Justin Gaethje American zombie because. He, yeah. he just keeps moving forward no matter how many times you strike the guy. And I think even then he's like shown how strong his chin is. So I do really think that this will be a different fight for Oliveira. And I think he's going to be able to get a late round knockout. I think you're also overlooking Charles Oliveira's striking ability too. No, you know, I, you're, you're saying like, I kind of believe in the fact that on the feet, Gaethje outclasses Oliveira, but I don't know if it's that clear cut. Charles Oliveira has shown a lot of improvement improvement on the feet. And in that fight against Dustin Poirier, we all expected Dustin Poirier to outclass Oliveira on the feet. And that just wasn't the case. Oliveira was able to take him down easily. And that was set up by outstriking Dustin Poirier on the feet. I just think it's difficult to compare the two strikers because Dustin is so much more of a boxer-esque uh, striker Whereas I don't even know what to call Gagey. He's just he just strikes just rambunctious. Yeah, however he wants. Charles Oliveira, he's obviously a great striker, especially with his kicks, and he'll kick you anywhere. He'll kick you in the head. He'll kick you in. Same with Gagey. He has in, some great leg kicks. Too. That's true. So two good strikers. I do think that Justin Gagey is a better striker in the end, yeah. and I think he's more of a volume striker, whereas. Uh, Oliver is more of a, I'm going to try to hit you with a technical strike that's going to land good. Whereas Justin's like, I don't really care. Punch me as many times in the face. I'm just going to throw as many strikes as I can. And I think he lands one of those yeah. and gets the knockout on Saturday. We'll see, man. I'm pretty confident that Oliver is going to win this. And just looking at the lightweight division itself, I think there are only two men right now that could beat Charles Oliveira. One being Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who mentioned about the top. And if he does make that move up to lightweight, I think Volkanovsky beats either one of these guys. And the other guy being Islam Makachev, um, I think he might even be better than Oliveira on the ground. I think Makachev, when his career is all said and over, he might even be better than Habib Nurmagomedov. Wow. Yeah, I definitely, if for some odd reason, no, you know what? Whoever wins this fight, I'd love to see 
them fight Islam. I think that's just the fight to make. Uh, I think Islam's ready for a title fight now. He deserves it. So I want to see him in a title fight, and I 100% agree with your take on Islam. I don't know if he's going to get the next title fight. I know there's a lot of controversy there between him stepping in on late notice to take on RDA. Right. I believe when Rafael Fazeev got taken out. So I think the UFC might be trying to book Benil Dariush versus um, Islam Makachev again, and we'll see what that results in. But in terms of lightweight, Charles Oliveira, he's the dude. And just hypothetical, say Charles Oliveira wins Saturday night against Justin Gaethje. Do you have the conversation? I'm not saying Oliveira is better than, but do you have the conversation that Oliveira could potentially be better than Habib Nurmagomedov? No. I think you have the conversation. I think there's a debate to be had because how good Oliveira has been looking as of late and on the ground especially, I would love to see a grappling match between Oliveira and Nurmagomedov. Yeah, that'd be and cool I'm not a big grappling guy. I like when fights are on the feet. That Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler fight is the best example of the fights I like to see. Mm-hmm. But Oliver and Habib, I think there's some heavy competition there on the ground. And I think it's a conversation to have. If he gets past Justin Gaethje, it's a conversation to have. I would say I don't think so. Not yet, at least. But at least let the man crack your top five pound for pound, Alex. If he wins this fight, he will he will be in my top five pound for f- pound. Maybe um, pass your boy out of Sonia? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not pass out of Sonia. But he uh, he will make it in my top five uh, pound for pound. He deserves it. And like I said, I don't want to discredit Charles. I do have my personal vendettas against him because he has beaten some of my favorite fighters. Uh, even Justin Gaethje, he, I wouldn't necessarily say he's one of my favorite fighters, but I do really like Justin Gaethje uh, as a fighter in the UFC. And like you were mentioning, the fights that you like, that is this card. Uh, there is this going to be a lot of striking um, in all these matches, I think. So I'm very excited for UFC 274. Jake, run through your picks one more time before we close. Yeah, of course. So... First fight of the night at lightweight. I do like Joe Lozon here. Honestly, it's a tough fight to pick. Both men have been inconsistent. Both men could be going into this fight, being it a retirement fight. So we'll see how it goes. But I trust Joe Lozon a little bit more. Cerrone's been looking pretty bad as of late, being 0 for 5 with one no contest in his last six fights. And I know you picked Cerrone, so I got to make up some ground somewhere. Next fight, I do like Mauricio Shogun Rua versus Ovent St. Prue. I really hope this isn't a fight where Rua goes into it and just doesn't look like he belongs in a cage anymore. I hope he has the fire and motivation to get a loss on his record redeemed by beating OSP on Saturday night. Then going on to Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. I think this is going to be a great fight, but I think Chandler needs to fight a methodical fight. We haven't seen him do that since he joined the UFC. I think If he stays away from the brawl, not only will it extend his UFC career, but he's going to win this fight against Tony Ferguson and might even rise up those ranks and fight for the title again in his career. Going to the co-main event, I do like Thug Rose Nami Yunus by decision. Regardless of which way this fight goes, I think it goes to decision here. Both women are notorious for going to decisions. Nami Yunus does have some good um, submissions, but... I think it's going to go to decision with Thug Rose Nami Yunus redeeming one of her losses on her record as well. 
And then main event, we just talked about it. I do like Charles Dubronx Oliveira by third round submission over Justin Gaethje. I just think it's going to be a repeat of what we see of what we saw with that round three submission win over Dustin Poirier. And I really studied that Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje fight. Gaethje just did not show up against a very good grappler and a very good submission artist in Habib. Same point right here with Charles Dubronx Oliveira. I think the same thing is going to happen. Okay, going to my picks, I have Cowboy Donald Cerrone winning by decision uh, in one of the retirement match fights, as I will call them. Um, That's fair. And then I have, uh, I picked uh, OSP versus Mauricio Shogun Rua uh, by second round knockout. This is one of the harder picks for me on the card, uh, and I could see it going both ways. I then in the Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson pick, have Chandler by knockout in the second or third round. Going on to the women's strawweight bout, I did pick Carla Esparza. Uh, another pick I'm not necessarily confident with. I do like my wrestlers, and I like um, the idea of a women's match going to decision, usually what just happens in general. And I think if she is able to get a lot of good takedowns and wrestle, that she maybe can take home that title. And then Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. I am going to pick Justin Gaethje. I have light round knockout. I'll call it fourth. Let's go. Also, quick shout out to Marlon Chito Vera for his performance against Rob Fonts. And also this weekend, Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor mm. in that boxing match. I don't know if you saw some I, highlights from did that. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. I saw some highlights on social media. But um, everything I've seen, my goodness, what a scene in Madison Square Garden. Good for those women good for those boxers, and I hope they run it back. Yeah, I hope they run it back, too. I have some differing picks about that fight. I did watch it. However, I'm not going to act like the most knowledge person on boxing either, Right. Um, but it was very entertaining. So that will be it for UFC 274. We will see who takes home the gold this Saturday in Phoenix. The UFC has been so exciting this year, and you never truly know what is going to happen when the fighters get in the octagon. I hope you enjoyed another episode with the crew. This has been Alex Henry and Jake Marin. And I hope you enjoy UFC 274.